We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have a very special guest, former Detroit Lions kick returner Stefan Logan. Stouts by to talk about his time in Detroit and also talks about the recurrent regime with Matt Patricia. Find out all on episode 93 of the Pride Podcast. Taken out by Stefan Logan. And look at this, Logan. Logan's still going. 40 across the 50, the kicker to beat. He beat him. Touchdown, Lions. 105 yards. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 93 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler. Joined by my two main guys, as usual, Malcolm and Pierre. How you boys doing? I'm good, man. (laughs) Another day, another quarantine. So we are here on the podcast today with another special guest, former Detroit Lions kick returner, Stefan Logan. How you doing, my man? Good, mate. Hey, y'all y'all on? Don't look at the shirt. Yeah, the shirt. <laughs> it ain't the same division. So I'm, I'm from my. Right, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you good, man? They can't see your shirt, man. So you all good, man. We're not even gonna okay, see good. what team you have on right now. He's so got his all good shirt on right now. He's got his <laughs> damn. Well, God damn, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that man's yeah. Straight shoulder boy, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first thing I, I crucified him on as he joined. The, I didn't even say hi. I said, "Come on, bro." <laughs> <laughs> First thing he said was the shirt, man. He was like, "Come on, bro, with the shirt." I, I wasn't yeah. even thinking about it, man. I, 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 I completely forgot, man. I, like I said, I was telling him I've been ripping and running, man. Just in the house, doing stuff in the house. I go outside, do some things, man. Our favorite stores has been Walmart, Home Depot, and Publix. No, okay. yeah. they, they know they know us by name and face. Okay. <laughs> so where? So for the listeners now listening, where do you reside in right now? 
I'm in Miami, Florida. I stay. Yeah. I, I, I'm in Miami. I'm I'm born and raised in, in in Miami Gardens, but now I stay in Fort Lauderdale. I stay in Sunrise. I got you. So, what's the difference compared from Miami to Detroit from your time in here? Um, as far as weather-wise, or, or just being home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, weather weather is a complete difference. We already know that. So, um, I mean, just, I mean, I'm, I'm a city boy, so I'm used to the city life. So when I was in Detroit, the city life was fine. You know, the fast pace, you know, the hood and stuff like that. Being in the hood, that that's, that's like the norm to me, just growing up, like, in Miami Gardens. Right. Not, you know, it's, it's a hood. So, you know, I, I saw, you know, stuff that I didn't need, but I, I, I seen it. So it's not too much different. You know, I got the you. economy a little different though, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's not bad. So, for the people that don't know much about who is Stefan Logan, that don't that that want to know about me, yeah. Oh man, I mean, there's a lot to know about me. I mean, just uh, I mean, of course, you know, you guys know, you know, just you know, I grew up in Miami, uh, went to a small Division two college in South Dakota, and found my way to the NFL and, and, and I became a, a NFL football player. I went to play in Detroit for three years. I, I was with the Dolphins first and uh, I ended up going to play in, in Canada, played in the CFL for a year and then I came back, went to the Steelers. Then I played in Detroit for three years. So, you know, I had a whole lot of fun just playing football. And awesome. You said you went to the Steelers. Like, you was in there with Heinz Ward and, and Holmes and all them boys. Like, how, how was that locker room with, with them legends? You know what? I think what helped me a lot, you know, just playing football was um, being in the locker room with those guys. I mean, I came to a team that was full of vets. You know, they had just came off a Super Bowl win uh, in 2008. I came in 2009. So I was there with a Super Bowl team. So it was like the fans was always at the practice facility. They was like they knew everything about all the players. Like they knew everything about me. And I was just a kick return. And they knew everything about me. I mean, just the city alone, the fans by itself, it was just, it was a great great atmosphere. I can say that. That plan for the Steelers, it really gave me a warm welcome, you know, to, to playing in the NFL. And, and, you know, the fans, you know, when you go to the club, just, just being around those people, it was just different, you know, different vibes, you know. But, yeah, right. I, I was there with all those guys you just named. So Mike Tom's like one of my favorite head coaches in the league. How was it playing for him? You know, when I was talking to my wife and we were talking about it, I was telling her about uh playing for, for Mike Tomlin when I was with the Steelers. He was kinda like he he was he was a player's coach and you know, one thing I liked about him was he let his coaches coach. Like he didn't wear like, you know, in, in practice, like he would always just be standing like to the side, just kind of just chilling. And he have it, he always had on all black. You know, you might see him, you see him with a picture. He, he always had still the colors on. He either was in all black or he had some type of black on. It, 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 it all black or he had like a, a, a gold a gold shirt and black pants. But, you know, he was he was a player's coach. I mean, he like if you wanted to talk to him, you come in his office. Be, you know, like you're talking to your homeboy. He'd be like, hey, you know, come in, sit down, man, have a seat. You know, he had the leather couches in there and everything. And it was just you know, it'll kind of bring you like, okay, you know, you sit back in the chair, you kind of cool. Like, you know, I, I like, I like, I like playing for Mike Thomas, man. He's a great coach. And as you can see, just his time with the Steelers has been, has been awesome, man. He's been to what, two or three Super Bowls and, and won. And, you know, he gonna, he, he, his legacy is, is, is going to be 
something serious when he's done. Yeah. Right. So um, you played for Pittsburgh. You played for Detroit. You don't have to be biased here, but atmosphere-wise, where was like the better place? Like, where would you prefer to play more in Detroit or in Pittsburgh? The only thing that messed Detroit up was the economy was bad when I was there. It was just, it was just so much going on with the economy. But as far as playing, like the fans, like they was just, just as good. You know, they knew who I was. Like when we go out, we have fun. Of, of course, I was around. You know, Calvin Johnson, Nate. You know, Sue, Matthew Stafford. I was there with all those guys. And I mean, I had fun. I say this everywhere I go. I have fun. It don't matter where I'm at. You know, I'm I've, I've always I'm a people's person, so I'm, I was, I've always been a likable guy. So it didn't matter where I was at. I was always cool with the team, the coaches, the fans. I signed autographs. Like it didn't matter where I was at, man. I always had fun, you know. And but I I have to say, the best fans in the NFL it is I'll have to go. Just say it. They, just say it, man. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, people throw up them yellow towels on me, like yeah, even yeah. hey. Even I in mean, Miami, bro, they'll be like, oh, turn and it was that, the, the yellow flag, bro. They just waving it around, crazy. right? It's <laughs> crazy. I mean, just the, the the atmosphere of the people just loving football. Like, like they love football more than anything. And it was like, it didn't matter where we went. You know, like I said, at practice, we would probably have about, you know, like six or seven, like six to six hundred to a thousand people that practice every day. Like I was like, why y'all why y'all out here every day just to see us practice for, for, for two hours? You know, training count was just crazy. I was like, wow. You know, but that's 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 how it was. You know, they just showed you, you know, this is football all about. Yeah. And, and funny story, as far as him saying the fans, uh, he's there for the fans, I I can vouch for it. Because yeah. um funny story. Um, I'm pretty sure he remembers it. Um, a couple years ago, um, my coworker came to me because she knows I'm a big Lions fan, and she was like, "Yo, you know Stephon?" <laughs> she was like, "You know Stephon?" I was like, "I like Stephon." I'm like, uh, "What's Stephon talking about?" She's like, "Stephon Logan." I was like, "Yeah, he was like, he was on the Lions, um, 2010. You know, I, I, of course I know Stephon Logan." She was like, yeah. "Yeah, that's my boy." I was like, "What?" She's like, "Yeah, you want me to call him?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, stop playing. And she called him, <laughs> and then she was like, and she got him on the phone, and she was like, "Yo, Steph." Come by the office. Come by my office real quick. And believe it or not, Steph showed up. <laughs> he showed up. He came, gave me dap, took a picture. Man, that was like the yeah. highlight of my life because he's like the first Lion player I ever met. So I was like, yo, because you know I'm in Miami, so I don't get to meet Lion players. So he was the first Lion player I ever met. So that was, you know, that that definitely, definitely a terrible, a cherishable memory. That's awesome. <laughs> Awesome. That, that's that was awesome. my neighbor Toronto, man. That's 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 like that's like my sister, man. She she funny as I don't know what, you know. She yes, when she, she called and told me, and I was like, cause I, I don't stay that far from where she works, so I was like, I'm like, well, where you at? She was like, I'm at a job. I'm like, all right. She was like, come up here so you can meet him. I said, okay, cool. It's like it's like literally three minutes from here. So I was like, all right, let me pull up. So I pull up and she came outside and I actually met my guy here and everything. So it was yeah. it was cool. We took a picture and all that good stuff. So I remember. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, man. That's dope. Definitely, man. And on that note, let's go and take a quick commercial break to talk about our sponsors, Bet Online. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you're wrong. Our exclusive partners, Bet Online, still have hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. With their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden 20 simulations you can bet on. 
You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day, all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE and join today and receive your welcome bonus. Belt Online, your online waging solutions. All right, um, so how was your time at South Dakota? Um, being in South Dakota was a culture shock, of course. It was a game changer for me. You know, just being around, like, a different group of people. I mean, just being in from Miami, you know, going to South Dakota, you know, flatland, it was cold. And the only thing I could think about was I'm going to miss my parents. I'm like, I'm going, you know, 2,000 miles away to a school that I had never heard of, a small <laughs> division two, coming from Miami, a city boy, going to a city, coming from a city like Miami, going to a city that's like, well, I think it's like a total of 10,000 people that's including the school. So it was totally different for me. But at the same time, it opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. I mean, I enjoyed South Dakota, you know, it was a small town, but I enjoyed it a lot, man. Just just playing football was, was the best thing for me. I mean, I had some great coaches. I got a chance to meet some great people, and it was it was awesome for me. That's sweet, awesome. man. So, Steph, you were in Pittsburgh, and you wore number 11. And then when you came to Detroit, you also wore number 11. Why did you pick number 11? Yeah, the reason why I got number 11 is because uh, one of my childhood friends, his name is King Hall, and he played quarterback. And me and him met in elementary school. Uh, it was in third grade, and he had just moved from Liberty City down, uh, coming to uh, uh, Miami Garden. And me and him, we became friends, neighborhood friends, like, like so fast. Like it was like like this is my brother from another mother. And me and him, when we was younger. This is a short story. Try to make it as short as I can. <laughs> me, me and him, when we grew up in the neighborhood, the people always said that one or both of you guys going to go to the NFL because I played running back, he played quarterback. And we used to have a two-on-two against different neighborhoods. Like we were going, it's two-on-two. He's a quarterback, I'm at receiver, and we was whooping teams. It, it, and, and we would challenge people like, hey, let's play a two-on-two. And he ended up, we went, we went to, we went to Bethune Cookman in college first. And then I ended up leaving Bethune, coming back home. And then I went to a community college and then I went to South Dakota. But this is the reason why I got the number. He was number 11 in high school. I mean, in little league football. And then when he got to high school, he was number 11 and he ended up, you know, doing, you know, took a different path. You know, he, he went away from football and then he started, you know, moved to the dope game a little bit. He was into the streets. Okay. And he ended up getting caught. Somebody told him. And he ended up getting caught, got arrested, and got arrested, and he ended up getting sentenced to 12 years in prison, fed, fed prison, federal uh, uh, prison. And that bothered me, and it, it took a toll on me for a little minute because that was my best friend, got arrested, and when I came back to the NFL, I said, I want you to live your dreams through me. And that's why I played football for so long, and that's why I got number 11. Wow. That's the number that he, wow. that's the number that he was. 
Oh. You see, like, when we ask people that that question most of the time, they're like, yeah, it was the number that was given there, but you, man, I'm going to give you, <laughs> oh, you have no. the best answer out of everybody I've ever asked that question. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, that number was just there. No, that, that's, ama- that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Because you yeah. had a, I just, I, just post, I, I just saw a post on Instagram, and they said all the best players were number two. Mm-hmm. And I was number two when I played all through Little League. I was number two. And then when I got to high school, I was number two. Then when I got to college, I got number three. And my son, my oldest son, he switched from uh, number seven. He got number three. That's the number he wore. And then my 12-year-old, my you know, they football is really like, you know, whatever. So he he, he had like number 74 or something. I was like, oh. but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, what's wrong with that number, man? Like 40, 47, something crazy. 42 or something. But um, but yeah, that was the reason why I got number eleven. And I, I, when I, when I went back to Canada, I still was trying to get number eleven. And and that's that that was my my sole reason why I got that number because I wanted him to live those dreams that I knew he wasn't gonna be able to to fulfill anymore. I wanted him to live it through me. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. So um. You came to Detroit in 2010, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast. The economy was not great in Michigan. Um, the franchise just came off an 0-16 record, a record-breaking. No NFL team has ever done that before. What made you choose to play for Detroit in, during 2010? Like sometimes they say, like, you know, for some people that go, you know, first and second round, they, they get to choose what team they go to. You know, a guy like me, I was a free agent smaller guy just wanted to play football something i was real, very good at and i didn't get a chance to choose so i just had to go who wanted me so okay. you know i went to the steelers first and like every, every like every everything i say i have a story behind it because that's that's how it happened and when i played for the steelers i ended up running a kickback against carolina panthers and after that year he ended up I don't know if he got fired or whatever, but he ended up going to Detroit in 2010. And when 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 the Steelers released me due to they drafted Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders, you know, money. And right. the special teams coach that was in Carolina, he was in Detroit, and he said, "Man, hey, I want him here." So that's how I ended up coming to Detroit. It was. It, I guess like it's, like they say, it's a blessing in disguise, but it's it's all about who you know and the word of mouth. And he saw me play when I played against them, and he liked what he saw. And I went, over, I came to Detroit and set records and and did, did everything I can as a football player. Yeah, that's 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 how the NFL usually works. You get a connection, and a guy usually, if you like them, they like to bring you along to wherever they go. I mean, you saw you. You see Patricia bringing all his Patriot guys here. You see Ron Rivera do it like in Washington right now. Yeah, it's usually how it goes. That's how it works, man. It's it's all about the connections you, you, exactly. you build with people, man. And that's how, you know, a lot of guys stay in the league. It, it, you know, some guys, I get so upset when I watch guys that just torment, like, their name and just, just tarnish their name. Like, Antonio Brown just killing himself. Like, Josh Gordon just killing their legacy, man. Just killing everything about themselves. That can be Hall of Fame guys, and they just go and just be doing stupid stuff. I mean, exactly. on social media alone, you know, it, it's that's a whole other subject. But it just it just makes it just pisses me off. Yeah, no, I yeah. understand that. All right, um, so you shared a locker room with guys like Calvin, Sue, Burleson, Stafford, Hanson, 
how was it playing with those guys? And do you have any like fun stories with us or funny stories to share about them or something? Um, I mean, me and Nate, we still close friends. I still see him. I see him like twice a year. Um, I was just at his house before I came to Miami. Um, Calvin, he's kind of a loner. You know, he was always by himself to himself. So, you know, you know, like I always say, like texting him or calling him is like trying to get a hold of the president, man. That, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's hard to get in contact with him, man. He, he, you know, you might you might text him and he'll probably text you back, you know, three months later. Oh, hey, bro, dude, you 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 seen my message a long time ago, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to. I mean, I got so many funny stories, but I got to keep them clean, though. I gotta I gotta remember the good stories. Um, some of the stories that we had and some of the stories we can share, man. I mean, oh, I give you, I give you a funny one. Uh, we was in a locker room one day, and I don't know whose on there was. I can't, I can't say that part because I don't know. And it was a little bag, a little Ziploc bag, and it had some brownies in it. I was like, okay, uh-huh. I'm brownie. And I got, I got, it was like a full, like a full cookie. And like I said, I don't know whose on it was. I just like, I want me one of these chocolate chip cookies. So I went to grab the cookie, and it was like, no, 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 no. I was like, well, what? He was like, no, nah, nah, that ain't no regular chocolate chip cookie. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so they gave me a piece of cookie, like, like very, very, very small, very small. And I went home, and I was jumping up and down. I was jumping on the walls, and I was acting a fool. And I was like, what's going on? What's going on? So I called Nate, and Nate was laughing. And he, got, he had me on speakerphone. His wife, him and his wife, was, it was cracking up. And it was like, Steph, you good over there? And I'm like, no, I'm like, what's going on? I, like, I, I thought I was seeing stuff, and I was like, hiding from the covers and everything. And, and, you know, I, I, knew no, I, knew, I knew nothing about it. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do none of that. So that was, that was a funny story because we came back to the locker room, and they thought that was really funny. Like, it was, it was hilarious to see how, how I was acting. It was funny. I was like, oh, that was, that was a good one. Y'all should have put that on, on candy camera. <laughs> Was this like after uh, practice or something like that? Yeah, oh. it was after practice, man. It was after practice. It was just, I like, was out of nowhere. Like I just was like, you know, I was just like, you know, just, just like ping, 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 just jumping off the wall, just doing this. I had so much energy and I started sweating and I was like, what's going on, you know? And I called him. I was like, hey, what was that? He was, and he just, he just bust out laughing, man. It was, a, it was, a, it was a funny story, man. I mean, now ain't nobody gonna get in trouble about it now, but it was a funny story. Right. This was before, or at least it was after practice, before, before. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah, it was after practice, before, before. Yeah, way, way after. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's good. Um, what do you say to people that say like Stafford is not a good leader? So he's had some criticism from like fans. You obviously saw him when he was a younger player. He's obviously probably more mature now. But what do you say to people that say he's not a good quarterback or he's not a leader? Um, well, I met I met Stafford. He was more. He was in his younger days, so he was probably I want to say like. I think it was like his third year. When did he come to? He came to the league uh, in 2009. He came in 2009. Okay, so uh, I was I was there. I came in 2007. So when I came in, you know, he was still a rookie. And he wasn't vocal. You know, Ben Roethlisberger wasn't vocal either. You know, mm-hmm. people don't know that. But he wasn't very vocal either when I first got, first got there in 2009. But um, Matthew, he... You know, he was young, and they gave him that role so early. So that's kind of hard to try to take that role and, as a young kid, to be a leader in front of, you know, guys that already been on the team for seven, eight years that was, you know, vets, captains. You know, he wasn't even a captain yet, I don't think. 
And, you know, when I got there in 2010, you know, 2009 was his rookie year, so he was still trying to learn the playbook. He was still trying to learn guys' names. You know, he was still, you know, thinking about when he was in college. You know, he didn't really have a touch on the ball. Everything was just so hard, you know. And that's kind of like how it was when he first got there. But, I mean, he matured as, as the years went on. You know, he wasn't a bad guy to me. He wasn't a bad person at all. Um, but it was just – that's just kind of like how it is, man. When you first come in, you know, to a billion-dollar organization, you don't really know what to expect. You just know that the keys is given to you. He got the keys to this Ferrari, and you don't know how to drive the Ferrari. That's kind of like how it is. And, you know, he was – like I said, he was a good good guy, good dude, and, and he's the only Detroit Lions still there from all the guys that was there. He's the only guy still there. But, you know, people going to criticize him – because all the money they paid him and only going to the playoffs, I think, what, twice? Twice, or three times. Three times. I, I mean, we went mm-hmm. one year, and, you know, he's going to get criticized. I mean, it don't matter what he do. You know, he can go in, and the only thing he got to do so he don't get criticized is at least go to the, you know, the the the, the championship, the Super Bowl, or the yeah. game before the Super Bowl. The, what the, what the answer in a, NFC, cha- NFC championship game? NFC championship game. See, I forget all that stuff. I ain't never even know about all that. I just play football. Yeah. But if he goes to the NFC championship championship game, if you win or lose, then then people are kind of settled down from, you know, getting on them all the time. But until then, like, that's what it's going to be. Do you think that could be, a, like, the GM ownership problem? Like, what do you think was kind of holding back the Lions team from ever taking that next step? To be honest with you, I don't know. But sometimes some teams just have that it. Yeah. You know, like when you look at, and I don't want to talk about the Patriots because the Patriots always win, but you got to have a team that just have just have it. And we had, from 2010 to 2012, we had a great team. I mean, you can name guys on that team that, was, that went to other teams, made plenty of money. It wasn't even about the money. It yeah. was we just lacked something. And I know Jim Schwartz, that was his first year being a head coach. And he was still learning how to be a head coach. As you can see with Philadelphia, he's a great defensive coordinator. But a head coach part is more of a, you know, like you said, it's a leadership role. You know, you got to know your players. You got to know what type of guys you got on your team. And, you know, we got to follow your lead. And I think that was something that we lacked. We didn't have that, that, that backbone to follow we just kind of just kind of went along you know and we was like okay hopefully this guy be the captain or hopefully this guy you know be the guy so we can follow and that's kind of like how it was like you couldn't use calvin because calvin always said i'm gonna let my game speak for itself you know yeah. he wasn't a he wasn't a vocal guy i mean nate was very vocal but nate was dealing battling injuries every year so you know it's kind of it's kind of like that's kind of like how it was there's always something going on so it was always just it was always just missing something like every year. And this kind of is a good follow up to my next question. So how was Jim Schwartz as a head coach? You know, you, you know, he mentioned he was pretty new when you got there. So, you know, how would you describe him? Was he as tough as people say he was, or was he a good head coach? How would you describe Schwartz? Um, I like Schwartz. I, I have nothing bad to say about Schwartz, but he was learning. He was in a learning process. And there was a few things that he was lacking <clears throat> as far as leadership. You know, even as a grown man, as a head coach, some people are 
Like you, you gotta have some Chiefs. You gotta have the Chiefs. You gotta have some Indians. And I would say with sports, he was more of an Indian. He, he wasn't really a Chief. Not to talk bad about him or nothing like that, but I just know you just see just just see how he pan out. Like look at him as a defensive coordinator. He always have the last few years with Philadelphia. He have a top for a top five, top six defense, and as a head coach, it's totally different. Yeah. You know. He just, he just, he, like you say, he's got to have that it. He was just missing something. He didn't never grab the team and say, okay, let's go. This is my team. This is what we're going to do. Y'all follow my lead. It was kind of like, 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 you know how you jump a rope and you kind of moving back and forth, like, you know, trying to see whether you're going to jump in and, you know, and, and, and jump rope. That's kind of like how it was, like going back and forth, like, okay, am I going to jump or am I not going to jump? I'm going to jump. And that's, that's how it was with him. And, 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 you know, by the time he figured it out, you know, he ended up getting fired. And But I think when he get his next head coaching job, I think he's going to be a great head coach. I mean, he's he's going to have to give up being a defensive coordinator, but, you know, I think he'll be a great head coach when, when this next time come around. Okay. So you took that tough as, like, tough love. Like, you took that as more as love than, like, this guy's trying to mess with me or anything like that. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm used to. My dad was, you know... My dad was a very, very tough guy, man. I mean, he was, he was a tough guy to get along with because he always gave us tough love. Yeah. And we, we, we used to that. We used to, when I was coming up, you know, playing little league football, I'm used to the coaches grabbing you by your shirt or your face mask. Get your ass over there. I'm used to that. So I was yep. going to the old school. You know what I'm saying? So that was different for me. And now when I look at the new era, it's like, you you can't even say anything to these these new boys. Like you say something, and say something to them, and, and it's like you know you spit in their face to something. I'm like, dude, like this is football. This is this is a tough physical sport, you know. But that's kind of like how it was, and I think he just needs to get a little bit more of a backbone, and he and and, and he would have been fine. Okay, so I don't know if you've been keeping up with current football i don't know if you heard anything about the darius slay and matt patricia like little i read it yes i'm kind of interested what's your thoughts on that then oh man yeah it's funny you bring it up i was i mean the wife was talking about that uh the other day she pretty much just listens she 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 knows football now i just taught her a lot about it but she kind of just listens but she know like i I love football so i'm I'm, I, i still follow what's going on and and i read that you know, with Darius Slay and, and Matt Patricia, and when I read it, I was like, I, like me, me and the wife was in there talking. I said, "Ain't no way in hell a man gonna say that to me in front of these people." I said, "I would have went off on him in that room." I said, "I would have probably went at him because you're not gonna <laughs> say that." To me. Like I, 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 I told, I said, "I, I, I would have probably me, not Darius Slay, but me, Stephon Logan. I probably would have got released after that." Because I would have I would have went at him because you're not gonna tell me, you know, what he said. You, know? yeah. you ain't gonna say that to me. I, like I tell him, I'm a man before anything, so I would never let another man disrespect me like that. Like, especially in front of my peers. Like you're not gonna disrespect me in front of my teammates like that. You crazy? Right. And and I I, I think he should apologize. Like you know, Darius Slay handled it. He handled it pretty good though. Like I read what he said. And Matt Patricia, I, I read some of the comments and I saw one of the one of the players had commented and said, Yeah, I was in the meetings and, and Matt Patricia was wrong for what he said. And he kind of lost the team a little bit behind that because guys were thinking 
if you're going to talk to your starting DB like that, what makes me any different? Yeah. And that's how football players think. Like, if you're going to talk to your starting quarterback or your starting DB or your starting running back, the ones that's making, you know, six to seven million dollars a year, and I'm only, and you and you only making like maybe a million or two, like, you know, let's 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 look at the comparison here. Like you you can't do that. Like, and I thought it was wrong. And I like I said, I I probably would have got released. They ain't gonna talk to me like that. Uh, it won't it won't happen. So you've never been in a locker room kind of like with that before. Like you've never seen that yourself. No, I haven't. The 13 years of playing football, pro football, I've never had a coach disrespect another player like that. As long as I've been playing, I've been in some good locker rooms. I've been in some bad locker rooms. I never had a coach. Tell another player what he said to him. I never, I never, never had that. Never came across that. Never had that encounter. Nothing. Never. As long as I've been playing. Okay. Um. So this question is more like a trivia question. All right. Um. In 2010, Week Five, the St. Louis Rams are playing against the Detroit Lions. Do you have any special moments about that game? Any, any special memories about that game? You know, I still hold the record, or I tied it at least. <laughs> um, you know, you know that game was a fun game. I mean, I mean, I had some pretty good returns that game. Of course, I, I ran back that kick return I had. Um, you know, it, it, that play, you know, it almost didn't happen because if you if you watch if you go back and watch it when I caught it, I paused for a split second because Fulton, which was the fullback, he was telling me like, no, and I said, oh, anyway. <laughs> I said, I'm going anyway, because I was already antsy, and I was like, man, I got to get going. Like, I got to get going. And I just brought it out anyway, and I just took off running, and before you know it, I was running down the field, running past the kicker and everything else, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, touchdown. And, you know, I always tell people, if you do something, and you say, in your mind, you already got your mind made up. You said, hell, what, I'm going to do it anyway. If you make a play out of it, the coach is going to look at you and say, good job, congratulations. If you make a bad play out of it, then they're going to be like, what the hell was you thinking? I mean, you know, it's, it's, and, you know, you got to give them the best answer. But, yeah, you know, that was, that, was a, that was a special play for me. I mean, it was fun, too. I mean, just running and scoring and the stadium would just erupt. They just, I mean, I felt the stadium shaking from that thing. It was just, it was, it was fun, man. It was, I, I enjoyed that a lot. And I actually got the game ball that game, and I got it in my in my own trophy case back. Nice. Would you, oh, consider, would you consider yeah. that one of your greatest memories? Um, that would be one of my greatest memories, but I do have others that, okay. that that's a little bit more greater than that. Okay. Even though that was a touchdown, but I do have others that's greater than than that. Pierre, Pierre actually was at that game. I was at that game, and Kevin Smith, the running back, number 30, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember him. Yeah, of course. That guy balled. He balled out that game, too. He had, like, two or three touchdowns. Yeah, Kevin Smith, who was in the running back room with us. I, I mean, he was a great running back, man. I think the only thing that messed him up was he had got that injury, but he had got used up in college, man. I mean, he was getting the ball, you know, 30-plus times a game. Yeah, and yeah. once you get once he got to the NFL, he was, like, just wore down. And that's the only thing I think that that hurt him, you know, as far as his knowledge on the field. I mean, smart, smart dude on the field. I'm talking about he knew, like, why he made a cut. He knew the defense. He knew the front line. Like, it was amazing to to sit there and watch a guy that was like, 
you know, you think he is, is an a-hole, but he was actually a, a, a pretty good guy. He knew the game, and he was always willing to help you. He was always willing to, you know, help you, you know, take your game to the next level on reading defenses and when you make a cut and why you made a cut and how to hold the ball and, you know, looking at this, reading this. It, it, was, it was good. I mean, I had a good, a good room, so I didn't have no complaints about that. Gotcha. That's what's nice. up. Um, so you said you still keep up with football. Do you still keep up with the Lions? And what are your thoughts like on the team? And what are your thoughts on Stafford like right now? Yeah, I, I still keep up with football, and I, I still keep up with um, the teams I play for. I still keep up with, and um, I watch I watch the Lions, and um, um, I thought well he got hurt. So, but not not this past season. But I thought last year was pretty solid, you know, had a pretty solid team. I, I, he looked, he looked, he looked really good playing quarterback and that receiver, uh, well, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Okay. He nice. I, I was like, Hey, you know, and, and, and it's the only thing like, and, and don't, 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 don't take none of this personal. It's just the way it is. You know, it's some players, it, they need to be in the right system. Okay. And when you right. look at him, I'm like, if he he in Detroit, I'm like he does he do well for Detroit. He's doing good. But if he went to well, he probably be even better. I don't know why. We, we, the way it is. We know that. We know that. <laughs> you tell us something that we already know. I know, and I and I, I hate I hate that it be like that. And I be telling my wife the same thing. Like it's crazy when you watch a guy and you like, man, if he was with you know the Patriots or if he was with the Rams or if he was with Saints, you know, he's like, this dude would be really good. But I'm like, Detroit got all the pieces right there. Y'all have a, it's like the Dolphins, you know. We got guys, and then you're like, why are we winning no games? And, you know, who knows? I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, I, I follow the team. I keep up with what's going on. And um, I think y'all got that running back. Stay healthy. He's going to be good. I don't remember their names, though. Carry on. Carry on, Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, carry on, John. If he can stay healthy, y'all build that running game up, and that pass game gonna open up. The, the offensive line was was solid. Running right. backs was solid. Defense was nice. Defense was solid, and y'all had a little returner back there with thirty nine on, which I don't I think you need to change that number, but he's nice back there, man. You know, Agnew. But, Agnew. Yeah, yeah, that, that number ridiculous, but he, but hey, he, hey, he made that number though. But I mean, just overall team, you know, Matt Patricia, this is what year for him. It's year three. Uh, it's going to be year yeah, three. Year, year three. So they always say it's going to take at least three years for you to build a team and get it to how you want. So we'll see this year once we get done with this coronavirus and all this quarantine stuff. We'll see. But I think I, I think Detroit still have a strong team. I hate to say it, but you might have to get rid of Stafford and bring another quarterback in because his time might be done in Detroit. And people are getting fed up with him. I, I got some friends that's in Detroit, and the fans are getting fed up with it because they're like, look, he's doing the same thing every year, and y'all done got rid of good players, and y'all keeping just this one guy. And y'all just got rid of uh, Darius Slate. So yeah. there you go. So uh, obviously year three, Matt Patricia from I know you're obviously not in the locker room, you know, you're not a player in the league anymore. But from what you see, you read anything. Uh, what do you think? Do you think he could turn it around? Do you think he's the man that could do it or the way you see how he could treat players at times? Do you think this guy's a fraud? You know, 
I thought he was a great defensive coordinator when he was with the Patriots. Yeah. And um, I think it's, it's, it's sometimes a little hard to be a head coach and be a either offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. I think when you come in as a head coach, you put in your time. So when you become a head coach, I think it's now it's time for you to let somebody else groom somebody else and let them make their way to being a head coach or, you know, right. being that offensive coordinator or being a defensive coordinator, you know, because you got you already got enough on your shoulders as is. So I think it would be pretty good for him to let some, bring a guy in that you trust. Let him be the defensive coordinator and you just be the, you know, I guess you want to with the mediator or whatever, you know, a narrative. Just, you just sit and you just watch everything. You know, you be the head of the house. Like they say, the mom, she she gonna keep the house together. Just be be the mom. Just sit yeah. down, let your coaches coach, let your players play. If anything comes up, then you say something. That's how Mike Tomlin is. And I think that's what he need to do. I, I I'm not a big fan of head coaches that are coordinators. I'm not a big fan of that. But I think that I, I'm I'm hoping that Detroit do good this year. I don't know if they're gonna win, and like I said, they ain't gotta win it all. But just yeah. go do something. Go yeah, just you gotta do, you gotta do something. <laughs> yeah, give yeah, give the, the fans post. something to jump up and down about, and and I and, and y'all in the same boat with me. I mean, I'm not a Dolphin fan, but I'm in Miami, so I cheer for them, and it's 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 like it's just awful, you know. <laughs> we we, you know, at least at least you guys get a, a crowded stadium. The Dolphins is like we got a nice stadium. And it's hot and sunny, but the people are enjoying the tailgate more than anything. <laughs> that's true. That is sorry, that's but, true. You know, that's just what it is. Yeah. You've been playing professional football for about 13 years? 13 years. What do you do to your body to let yourself play at the high level for so long? Are you doing something different? Like, have you got have you got injured before? Or yeah, deal I, got with injuries? Injury. I got a little injury. You know, I always tell people it's all in your mind, man. It's mental. You know, football players have to be mental, physical, emotional. It's, it's you got to have all that, and I think it's more mental than anything. You know, I've had two injuries that kept me out, and I missed games. Where I had a high ankle sprain, and I missed six weeks, and I had a quad, a third degree quad contusion that kept me out for like six weeks. I even though it was supposed to be six to eight, I still came back. You know a few weeks before the injury healed up. And it's it's all mental. I mean, just just my 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 you know, my workouts during the off season. And I think that's where it started like Mayweather said, like I don't beat you in the ring the night of the fight. I beat you in my training. And that's how I last so long. Like my training, it was different. Like I have a I have my own little training regimen that I do. Like if the season is over Okay, I'll give you NFL. The season is over. If you don't go to the playoffs, last game is like January 3rd or 4th, whatever. First yeah. week of January. I won't work out February, all January. February. I'm taking a whole month off. I'm not touching no weights. I'm not doing no walking. I mean, I'm not doing no running. I'm not doing anything. That following month, that month after, then I go in, I start lifting really light. Like, I don't go over 50, 55 pounds. That's the most. That's that's the most I would live for a whole month, and I just work my way up, and then I go a whole month of heavy weights. You know, I I bulk up a little bit, put two three pounds on, and then I start jogging. 
I get on the I start either I get on the treadmill, I jog 15, 20 minutes, and then I work my way up. Because I got you got a whole, you know, three, four months that you're gonna be working out, you you, you grinding, you hitting them weights real hard, you just like er, er, er. Then when the season comes, you know, now you you tired. You know, and then and then now you get in the you, you're trying to because like you're trying to right now it seems like this is doing it for the ground. You know, everything you do, these some of these workouts that people be posted, it's just, I don't know, it, it don't even it don't even make sense. Like you, you can't even put that together. It's like, you know, like when you when you're making a dish, like with food, you know, you know, like they say, like like spaghetti and rice don't go together. You know, <laughs> yeah, and that's how, that. how it is. You know, when they doing stuff, I'm like, that don't go together. That don't make no sense. But anyway, but yeah, my workout on the off season is is is, is how I, I stay healthy and I don't beat myself up when I'm in the weight room, I learn how to practice. That's one thing I learned from Heinz Ward. He said it learn how to practice. And that was going because at, at that time I think he was in year, I think twelve when I got to Pittsburgh. Yeah, he so was. He said if you learn how to practice, that's gonna take you a long way because your longevity is gonna be good. So yeah. that's what that's what helped me. Yeah, I mean, I think I honestly think it's amazing that you was able to play at a high level for so long like that. In your position, playing kick returner, you know, you did it all. You played some running back, you played receiver, you did, you did almost everything. <laughs> so I, I did at 38, and I just retired. I'm 38 years old. That, I'll be that's, 39. That's, that's in a insane. Months. That's insane. And, and I and I can still go out there and play. I, just, I know that. I, just told I, myself I, I, I was gonna retire after this last year. I said I was like, I'm I'm done after this. I want to do something else different. I know yeah. that because I watch your Instagram and I'm like, this dude is still training. Like he's still doing cone <laughs> drills. Like why is yeah. he doing cone drills right now? <laughs> Man is retired. You talking about why you still doing cone drills? Hey, you know what? And I'm gonna be. Hey, as soon as we done with this quarantine, I'm gonna be right. I'm gonna be right back at it. I'm gonna get right back doing my cone drills. I'm gonna be right back running. And I just, I just like to. I like to stay in shape. Like, you know, when you're putting your clothes on, I like the way I look at my clothes. Like, I like to have a nice physique. And they always say, like, you know, working out and your health is, like, real, real big to living a long time. You know, not saying I eat just perfect, but I eat pretty good. I don't eat like I used to. You know, when I first got into the league, I was eating, I was McDonald's, Burger King, BS all the time. Now, you know, I eat, you know, a lot of vegetables. I eat a lot of fruit. You know, just, I drink a lot of water. You know, just doing the, the the right things that you're supposed to do, and not saying doing that gonna be even good for you because you got some people just get sick out of nowhere. You know, and, and they're doing everything right, but yeah, that's just life. Yeah. Oh, so this is my last question to you, just from you looking from an outside perspective again. We mentioned Patricia, um, yeah. the Lions hiring Patricia, moving on from Jim Caldwell. I'm kind of interested. You know, what were your thoughts on? A guy that had success, you know, nine and seven, nine and seven, went eleven and five, you know, three successful seasons out of four. I mean, winning season, I should say, not successful. But what's your thoughts on ownership and the general manager parting ways with a guy that had three out of four winning seasons? I like Carwell. I thought he was a pretty good candidate that they had. You yeah. know, I thought he was going to bring a championship to Detroit. I knew he was going to bring wins. Like I said, it takes time. And I thought if they would have gave him probably another two years, I think he would have found a way to bring more wins. I mean, like you said, three out of four years, he was nine and seven, nine and seven. 
okay, that break is going to come, you know, and I think, I, I thought he was the best guy for that job. I mean, sometimes I, I don't get it. Like, you saw what he did with Indianapolis. You know what his background is. You know what he's going to do. You know what type of coach he is. He brought a, a, a sense of urgency to the team. He brought some dynamic to the team. And, 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 and y'all fired him. And I was when I saw that, I was like, why was y'all firing him? I thought he was the best coach in the last, like, you know, five, six years. I thought he was the best coach that y'all had, that y'all could have picked out of all the other coaches. But, you know, who am I to say? I'm just, you know, a retired football player. But I do know football, and I know what I'm looking at. I know, you know, what y'all need to be looking for and, and finding a coach. But I thought they should have kept him instead of, I like Matt Patricia, but just like I say, it takes time as a head coach to learn how to be a head coach. So you thought they should have gave him more years? I thought they could have gave him at least two more years. And then, okay. I, then and after that, then if he didn't bring in nothing after that, then oh well, then you know, cut ties with him and go about some business. Makes sense. So like in the NFL, like you didn't have a lot of receptions, but you had speed. Do you feel like sometimes um, you should have got more involved in like game plans, like like a screen game or quick passing game or like end arounds. I always thought that because you had that dynamic speed. Let me. I I give you a story. There it is. <laughs> I remember I was in practice and I was going so hard in practice, like every day I would go hard. Oh, I'm talking. About, I would I would give you everything I had because I wanted to play offense. I was a running back. Like trade like I mean not by trade by that by nat by nature I wasn't a returner until I got to the NFL and I remember when Javis Best got hurt he got that concussion at the, the last preseason game he got that concussion and what well, game the, the game the last the, the game before the last game and I came and, and Jim Schwartz called me in his office early that morning and he said hey I want you to go see uh what was the offensive court? Scott Lennonhead. I said, all right. So I went in to see Scott. So I said, hey, we're going to move your position. We're going to move you to running back. And when I tell you, it was like the, 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 the dark cloud over my head was just gone. Like it was like sunshine just came. I was like, what? Like you got me in my prime position now. I go to practice and I got the cameras in my, in my locker every day. I got the coaches. I got the players. No lie. They asking me. Said, what position do you play? I said, I am a running back. And it was like, no wonder you look so natural back there. And I was like, I kept trying to tell y'all that. I'm not, a receiver. <laughs> I'm not a receiver. I said, I am a running back. Like, did y'all not watch my college stats? Like, did y'all not watch me in college? Like, I hold a record for the most 100-yard games in division in NCAA. Like, did y'all not look at that? I was like, it, it, oh, uh, it, baffles me like this it bothers me that I, I hate when coaches switch guys position when they get to the NFL and then it, it hurts the players and that's what hurt me when I got to the NFL it wasn't about nothing else but yeah I, I wish I was trying to get more involved man I, I tried he, Calvin even said he would have went and spoke to me he would have went and told Jim put stuff in get some more plays and I was like nah man you ain't gotta do all that but he was like I would go up there and I would I would tell coach to put you in on in the rounds, put you in running back, get you more plays on offense. He said, because you work too hard not to be playing. And this was from Calvin Johnson. This yeah. is from a, a, a soon and I hope, you know, to be a Hall of Fame. Oh, he will, be. he will be. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. That was the, the, 
the 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 information I'm getting from him. I'm like, oh man, I appreciate it, man. You know, you you don't even know how to take, you know, you don't even know how to take that kind of stuff. Somebody telling you, like, you, you know, if you want to cry, give him a hug. But I was like, man, thank you, man. Like, you know, somebody see him working, but yeah, yeah, that yeah, but yeah, man, I wish I, I wish I could have, bro. It just didn't it just didn't happen for me, but I tried. All right, man. That's right. that's awesome. All right, hey, Stefan. I appreciate you guys, man, for having me on, man. Anytime, man. Let me know. I appreciate you, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, bro. It was fun. Thanks for coming on. All right, man. Y'all boys stay safe with this quarantine, man. Stay in the house. Hey, and drink as much as you can. (laughs) (laughs) We will. You already know we're turning up. I wish I could say the same, but uh, I, actually, I actually am underage. Oh, oh okay. Well, no, you just drink a whole lot of water. And, and I like orange juice. Drink some orange juice. You'll be good. Yeah. Right, y'all boys, take it easy, man. Take hey, care, you too, man. man. Thanks, bro. All right, man. All right, guys. That is a wrap. It's episode 93 of the Pride Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the Stefan Logan interview. Awesome dude, and we appreciate him joining us again. And I hope you guys all enjoyed. I'm out. All right, guys, before I let you go, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all the support. Leave a five-star review. Tell your friends about us. Tell your grandma, your parents. Tell everyone about us. We appreciate the support. Stay safe during this quarantine. I'm out. Peace. Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy, Malcolm. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And again, guys, we have our voicemails. Um, if you have a question, want to vent, want to just talk about your day, want to ask us about offseason, you got draft questions, Hit up our voicemail. The number is 313-355-3116. And I'm out. It's your boy, Malcolm. Peace. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.